What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darling. I want to apologize um, in advance for how intensely emotional this episode is. I don't know what happened, but the hour leading up to talking to Tembi was... I don't know. I was overcome in a way that I definitely had not expected. I think the combination of, you know, kind of like revisiting the loss of my father coupled with the intense fear of something happening to my husband, which by the way, I know is extremely selfish talking to somebody who went through it. Um, I don't know, all that emotion coupled with this just pure light and joy Um, that exudes from Tembi, it was just all overwhelming to me. For those of you who don't know, Tembi wrote a book about losing her husband. We recently connected at Reese's Book Club because Hello Sunshine, Reese's production company, is currently producing a Netflix show based on Tembi's book. So imagine casting your own life and being able to, you know, reshare your love and sorrow and this beautiful you know, new life after grief with the world. It's just, the whole thing is just magical. This is such a special episode and I cannot wait to hear what you think. But please know in advance, if you're looking for something super lighthearted and funny, this one's on the on the emotional side. But I want to talk about you. You have such an incredible life and career and you've been in a million things. And so I want it for people who don't know you, you're from Houston. I grew up in Houston, Texas. Which I'm a huge, I love Texas so much. You too? I yeah. love this. If who I did it, thought? when Davide and I were like kind of off and on for a second, I remember telling our family friend Butterbean, I said, Butterbean, if I don't end up with this Sicilian guy, I'm going straight to Texas. I need a cowboy. Because <laughs> it's the same okay, like, so let charm. Me, you like a dramatic man. Let me just say, <laughs> that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Southern men. And Southern, there is a sensibility. I will say that there mm-hmm. is a sensibility. <laughs> I know firsthand. Absolutely. So how did you end up in Italy? So when I was in college, I was an art history major. Mm-hmm. And, so cool. 
as a, as a requisite of my major, I had to learn the language. And when I tell you, I was like, wait, what? I thought I could just study art. I have to learn a language. And the, the choices on the table were French, German, and Italian. And my reasoning as my freshman college self was like, hmm, not crazy about French food. Don't really, not really Germany. Mm, yeah. Cold. And then I was like, Italy, I love pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. It was like, it was kind of, it was kind of random like that. And so I was like, okay, fine. I'll study Italian. And if I get good enough, I'll actually go to Italy. And I had a, a, a TA at the time who I was also sort of college hookup, whatever, that stuff. Ooh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Who was like, you should actually go to Italy. That's a great place to learn language. And blah, blah, blah. So anyway, fast forward to me, landing, fresh passport. I had never been out of the country, to, <laughs> never been to Europe. And I land in Italy. And, you know, my book sort of opens there. Mm-hmm. But I very soon thereafter met this beautiful Italian chef. And that literally was the page turner in the direction of my life. And it's literally one of the reasons why we're sitting here talking today, mm-hmm. because that love that happened right then on a street mm-hmm. corner in Italy um, changed my life. And, and so what city were you in? I was in Florence. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. I was in Florence and he was Sicilian and he was chef. He was a chef in Florence. Uh, and, you know, I didn't really, I was so naive and so not understanding well, of like. So young. So young. And I didn't really understand the cultural difference. I, Florence, it was all just Italy to me. Yeah, Random, just like generic Italy. And <laughs> <laughs> I very quickly learned, no, 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 no. Just mm-hmm. like we were talking about like the Southern sensibility here in the States. You have a similar thing in Italy, obviously. And so um, that's how I got to Italy. Oh my God, what a dream. And at what point were you, did you start acting? So when I left school, so we dated, left college, we continued to date. He moved to the States and I immediately was, I'd always dreamed of being an actor, even Mm. though I was an art history major. I was like, I knew I wanted to act. And so we came, we lived in New York and then we came to LA. And how did you get him to move here? (laughs) Because that's a thing. I imported mine too. So I know that that's a thing. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. He was, he was very much like, I, I would love to come to the state. Like he was excited about the Mm -hmm. whole idea. And there's some stuff which I read about in the book and is also going to be in the, we can talk about this in the adaptation of the book, Mm -hmm. but that he although close to his family, they were in a particular moment. And he was like, you know what? I'm mm-hmm. more than happy to come to the States. So yeah. it actually wasn't very hard. He was open to it. And um, yeah. Davide has the same kind of in relationship with his family too, where he was like, I don't mind. I, especially yeah. since his, his mother passed away. But when she was alive, it was like, how you know, being far away from her was obviously really challenging. But yes, I think yes. there, but it was, yeah. it was, you know, the house is around the mama. So Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. And so many people think like, oh, you know, there's sort of that, that sort of stereotype of like Italian men as like the mamone, you know, which for your listeners who don't know, is like the Italian man who is like, so attached to his mother. His brother is that guy. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to do his laundry. Like yeah, since she passed away, his sheets yeah. have never been clean. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was not Sato. Yeah, there's always there's of, one in the family that knows yeah, to get away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. if you're like, I know every time a woman is like, 
because do we do this relationship questions on the podcast and everyone's like, oh, Davide's the best. Like, how do I find a Davide? And I was like, there's not that many of them, honestly, because. <laughs> okay, I love your honesty. The ones yes. that are great are really great, but Italian people are really, really can be very difficult. I mean, it's a very provincial, closed-minded Sorry. I mean, it, 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 you have to understand the, the context and the culture of other places to really know exactly. that it's not just beautiful and walking around and eating pizza. I mean, it's a, it's a tough place um, to live. Can we put that on a t-shirt? Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many people are like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, this might be, I was like, oh, this is an anomaly. You might be a one-off. And I don't mean that, you know, and like, you know, but there, you know, it, it is not easy to break away from the Italian family. I mean, and for people who do, there has to be a spirit within that person mm -hmm. that it like supersedes sort of the cultural norms. And they're like, no, 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 they, they, they strike out a little bit. So it's great. I mean, strike I, out on their own. Yes, absolutely. And so you moved to LA. What did he start doing? Was he still he was a, chef a chef here? Yeah. Yeah. So he was a chef here. Where did he work here? So a million years ago, because this is like a very long time ago, <laughs> but he was, um, so first he started in like, there was a place in Marino's, which I don't know if it's on Melrose anymore, but he was there for a bit. He was in and out of hotels. So he was like sort of all over the place um, in different restaurants. And at one point was, I'm trying to remember his, he had the most difficult, I have to say, like transition period into the, into LA. And I will mm -hmm. say that it's one of the things we bring up in the series that, you know, we're adapting because it's, it's not something I talk so much about in the book, but it's very much. And I was like, you know, that was a very hard, hard time. It, hard time. It was a hard time. And it was also hard for him being, for him being Sicilian at the time, the community here, when he came to the States was more, like Northern Europeans and, and I mean, Northern Italians. And there was a kind of like, totally closed off. Like, well, I'm going to give the job to my friend before I'm going to give it to you. You know, it was it's okay. 100%. You know what I mean? So um, anyway, so yeah, he was at various different restaurants. And then um, after he was diagnosed, he stopped working. Uh, Davide has gotten emotional talking about how he was like treated when he moved to Milan as a Sicilian. Okay. Yeah, we could, you know, a whole podcast. <laughs> we could do a whole, thing. it's a whole podcast. It's a whole podcast. Which I'm sure is very fascinating for you. No, well, it was totally, and, and that's the thing that like, for me as an African-American woman, I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I have precedent for this. I get this. This is where I come from. It's just swap out the cultures, but same it's energetic. The same thing. It's the same thing. Same energetic. And like here, so in a sense, we could ally. Like we understood yeah. each other's experience. You know, his, we both had intracultural experiences. Absolutely. My, you know, in, in mine as an American, his as an Italian. So together we were kind of, um, we could recognize each other's struggle. Mm -hmm. Cause it is, people don't, you know, you would almost not want to compare the two, but it's fair to say that there's, there's some similar, there's some there's similarities like, for sure. Definitely a little bit of some similarities and feeling yeah. like I'm not gonna, which is so it's something that again people never expect because they think all of Italy is just one. Yeah, it's a monolith. It's like all oh, just one happy. We're just standing outside of you know the Colosseum having gelato <laughs> yeah. and espresso, and then a Vespa goes by, <laughs> and it's all good. <laughs> that does happen, though. You know, it is. Yeah. Good. And by the way, I was hook, line, and sinker for all of those images. I was like, give it to me. I was like, yes, yes, gelato, yes, Vespa. You know, I will push my hands against the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I did it all. <laughs> but but the more you know we so I because I know you had you guys also had a different turn to interrupt but I know that you also ha didn't have 
you had a interesting relationship with his family. Exactly. So exactly. And so for me, you know, we sort of started our relationship really outside of his nuclear family. Like I didn't know them. I had not met them. I'm not giving anything away when I say they did not come to my wedding, mm-hmm. which was in Italy. <laughs> like we got mm-hmm. married in Italy and they didn't come. Mm-hmm. So there's there for me and for us, the trajectory trajectory of our relationship was a lot like, okay, this is the reality. We love each other. We're going to fold in, double down and just start our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And over time, the door opened to mm-hmm. build a relationship. And as a consequence, I began to build a relationship with Sicily. But, mm-hmm. and that is the beautiful unfolding. And a lot of what I read about in the book, it happened, it started to happen while he was alive. And then it happened in ways I could never have imagined after he passed away mm-hmm. when him and his mom and I became ever more close. Where are they from in Sicily? So they're a town called Aliminusa, which is right. So it's in the province of Palermo. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Opposite so, side, yeah. Davide's from Catania. Opposite, yeah, so opposite side of the island, you know, in the mountains. Um, I love Catania. I took my it's daughter so cool. to get, it's so, it's so cool. It's but so your cool. side of the island has better water. <laughs> I would say it has, I'm like, not going to say, I'm not going to say. Davide just, hates me saying that, but that side of the island has really gorgeous beaches. <laughs> like, truly. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. Um, well, you have Mount Etna, though. And you've got yes, those gorgeous, it's like, oh my, and the wine. So, you know, all together, it the makes train, for paradise. <laughs> yeah, it makes for paradise. Oh. So you guys are living here. You had, and still do, an incredible career in acting. I mean, endless. Oh, I know, I know. So I, you know, that was always my dream. I was like, I want to be an actor. And I got here and I have been one of the people who've been blessed for my whole career. I've just mm-hmm. made a living as an actor. Just and consistent like, work. Consistently <laughs> as like a journeyman, what they call like a journeyman actor. And it's yeah. like, and it's it was a beautiful way to spend a life for me, mm-hmm. right? And creatively. And so, and I actually thought that was like the whole trajectory of my life. I was like, I'll be an actor and I'll just retire and it'll be great. And of course, you know, through his illness and then with his passing, this other, I never imagined I'd be a writer. Like I never, I, I didn't know I had a book in me. I didn't imagine I would write a book. And I certainly, and now I'm, you know, also producing and, and doing all kinds of other good stuff. I know, which we have to get into. So yes. Sorrow, he was diagnosed with a rare cancer that he fought for 10 years, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So, and that 10 years, which is also, which is why it makes me so emotional, was my dad, my mom was my dad's caretaker. He was sick with various ailments and all she did was so, I know the other side, that also is what makes me like, I know Mm -hmm. the other side of a woman who is taking care of their husband. Yes. Yeah. And raising a child. And, and you adopted your daughter during that time, correct? Exactly. 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 And so that, you know, when I was in it and I talk, I talk very openly about caregiving. It's one of the things that I'm very passionate about, especially Mm -hmm. because I was inside of it as a young person with a young child. And I was like, oh this is really hard for so many families. Were you? So I was in my thirties. Like he was diagnosed when I uh, turned 31, he was diagnosed. So young. And so I, none of my friends had like, you know, some weren't even married. Those who were married were like, wait, what? You know, they didn't have an an ill spouse. And so, so, so that sort of like shift in my perspective on life and the world was just Mm -hmm. incredibly formative. And then, those years of caregiving, 
you know, it's, it's interesting because now, of course, everybody talks about caregiving in a different way because you're two years into the pandemic and we've mm. watched what, of course, it's more front and center now, but, yes. um, but it's something I, I, I advocate for. I wish there were more support services. I know when I was going through it, like just the thing of balancing his care and childcare was like bananas. Mm. Right. And, uh, it's some of, some of the things I learned though, really, I wouldn't trade for the world because it taught me a lot about both myself and my own strength, but also, um, I got a really, I had a beautiful community of people around me that I don't know. I mean, you know how LA can be like, you have your friends and you go out, but suddenly like some, some shit really happens in your life. And this community emerged and rose up mm-hmm. around me that I didn't know I would have. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. That's so special. Mm-hmm. So you adopted your daughter he's sick. Were you acting at all during this time? Did you have the pressure to keep work up? I mean, I'm sure financially uh, you felt a large absolutely. responsibility, right? Yeah. Yeah. Work, health insurance, all of it, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, it was not easy, like caring for an ailing spouse with a child, making a career as an actress. I mean, come on. Like, I was like, okay, could I, could life like give not me give me one heart? Yeah, <laughs> like it's hard enough to like make a living as an actress. Yeah. And then, you know, being the primary caregiver to two people, an adult and a child in the home was not, not easy. And, you know, I mean, God, you know, it's interesting when I was writing the book, I had to really look back and take inventory of that time in my life in a very deep way. And I can see that I only got through it as I've talked about community, but I had a few key people who kept saying, I see you, I see what you're going through. Mm. Because who was with you? You were valiant. Well, I mean, she was with us and I had family would come in and out of town. And, you know, when she was old enough to go to daycare, she would go to daycare. And yeah. when he was well, when he was well, because he would have periods of, you know, of he was well. And then he was like, he was the stay at home dad, which mm-hmm. was fantastic. And their bond was phenomenal because, you know, he was, he would, he did all the cooking. Yeah. I mean, he did all the primary care in that way for her when he was well. So it was just an interesting, the roles were really reversed in yeah. the typical way that one would imagine a household. And so we were living inside of a kind of family unit that didn't look like anybody else's family unit. And like mm-hmm. what applied for others didn't have meaning or resonance for me. And we had to kind of make our own way. And I think that that instilled in me a kind of an idea Well, wait a minute, you know, just because it's conventional or this is what society, Instagram, whatever, there was an Instagram, but you know, what, what things say, you know, I got to just find my way. I have to be in my truth and we just have to figure this out. Was that hard for him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We went, we went through that when he moved here and couldn't work. Yeah. It, it, absolutely. For two years. It's yeah, a small yeah. time, only two years, but he, yeah. he was devastated that he wasn't. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think for anyone who is, you feel with your, if your arms are tied behind your back. Right. And so there was both sort of like the loss, if you will. And these are my words, not his, because if you thought it were here, he would, you know, I've often said like, you know, this is my account of our life together, you know, and he would have, but like, from my perspective, what I saw, and we talked about this openly was like wrestling with that sense of what is lost in the masculine energy, Mm -hmm. you know, like what is lost when, you know, but what he did was he said, you know, and I remember being very frank with him. I was like, look, I know we have a lot going on. I know you're, but I still need you to be my man. Like I still need you to be my husband. Mm-hmm. And we had to be in contract for that because mm-hmm. what else, if we don't have that, what, what is the, 
what's the glue that's holding the union together? I can't just be a nursemaid, right? So like, I need you to show up still as my husband, even while you have cancer, which, you know, I've said that to people and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, when you go 10 years, it's you got to like, do I mean, that. This is a decade of your life. So it's not, you know, and, and what, I mean, what is it, what is it like? I mean, true. I mean, I don't, I don't want to overstep it. I mean, I can't, it must be very interesting, like waking up every day with somebody who has cancer. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it must yeah. just really put your life in, I mean, truly would have bigger way to put your, it's everything I'm saying sounds like I'm undermining the gravity. No, of it. no, no. But there was a kind of clear for both of us, there was a clarifying sense of the preciousness of time, mm-hmm. the gift of health. You know, one of the things that my um, my mom used to always say to me when I would, you know, call with the tears and crying because I just like couldn't contain it, couldn't hold it anymore. Like, oh, it's too much. And she said, um, I want you to look at all the wellness and health that is in his body. Because it's very easy to focus. And what I would do is I would wake up some mornings and I'd be like, oh my God, what is today going to bring? Like what, what, what fresh hell is about to, how is he going to be feeling? Will we, you know, and there were times, especially when he was in and out of treatment, like, does this mean like a trip to the ER? Like every day Mm -hmm. there were, I feel like our life had no guardrails. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Right. And so from that place, the one thing that I could do and I learned to do was to anchor myself in the truth of our love, the truth of whatever the given moment was, and the fact that even in the presence of illness, there was still a lot of life to live. Mm-hmm. And that is the way we approached everything. It took us years to get there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I was that way day one, five minutes after he was diagnosed, because no, <laughs> you know, it yeah, took year, years of kind of, and once we realized the sort of longevity mm-hmm. of what we were potentially facing, that that to get to, to sort of uh, stay well meant to constantly be living in an unknown. Yeah, totally. Right. Because yes. it was never going to, the specter of it was always still present. And so it, it, you know, for me, it just um, made me really think about life differently, think about my friendships differently, think about love differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I say I say all the time that the things I learned during that period of my life have really undergirded me in a way that had I had a different life experience, yeah, I may have come to those lessons, but I would have come to them maybe later or in a different way. But, you know, yeah. And what were you telling your daughter at that time? So, you know, what's interesting is she, we were always very honest with her. And so she was like, she, nurses came to the house and would do treatments and whatnot. So she knew her babble. She called him babble. Just like oh, you know, boy. Italian Bobo, <laughs> right? Her little Bobo. That was an option. He went with Papa, but Bobo. Yeah, was, was, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I know. So, so which is not to be confused with Babu, which in Sicilian means stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he wanted to. That's why. Exactly. I knew. I knew that. He's like, no, it's too close. He's like, it's too close. It's too close. Because I remember when my mother-in-law first heard my daughter call, you know, Sado Babu. She was like, what? And I was like, you know, which, anyway, all again, intra- intracultural stuff, intracultural stuff. Um, but no, so, you know, she, um, you know, she would go with him sometimes to treatments. Um, we just had to integrate it into her life and we just, and you know, you tell a child what is age appropriate, you contain it for them because, you know, it's not 
And we knew, you know, becoming parents with cancer, because he was in remission when we became parents. And we were, you know, we didn't know if that remission would last 20 years. We didn't know, we didn't really know what. And so mm-hmm. she, by the time she was two, it had come back. So we had those first two years that were pretty much, it was in the background, mm-hmm. you know, meaning there were scans or things like that, but it wasn't like upfront. But then once it came back, then that, so from two to five, two to seven, she was very much, it was very much a part of the rhythm of our lives. Mm. And I think she just saw that, you know, there were things her dad couldn't do and there were things he could do, but for her, it was her normal life, you know? And it was like, and it gave them a kind of closeness, like, you know, like he, he would do a bedtime story. You know, they just had a kind of, because he, he gave when and where he could, but when he did, he gave fully and deeply, mm-hmm. which in a way, strangely, I remember my friend saying this, it's, she, they would look at me and they go, oh my God, like your daughter, your husband is actually more present with your kid than my husband who's fully healthy and working mm-hmm. is with our child. That makes absolute sense. It was, you know, and, and so there was a kind of gift that was there for them. Yeah, of course. Because she was getting her dad in a deeper way that some of her other five, six, seven year old friend, they were, they weren't getting their dad in the same way. Yeah, because life happens. I mean, even last night I snapped it. He was, David was feeding her and he was on his phone and, and, and that's not, he was, he got an urgent work call. And was responding to it. And I was like, you're on the phone in front of her. You know, and he's like, well, I'm just handling this really quickly. And I was like, no, 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 you can't. Like, we got to be present. But like, it's just, li- that's just how life happens. Like, yes. you can't, it, that's just normal. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so yeah. I under, could understand him just being like, this is my time with my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 I, and really he, focused on that. And he understood, like, if something happens to me, I need to build solid, good, lifelong memories with this, with, with her. Because I want her to always remember me. I, Oprah had an episode so long ago about a mother who had cancer and, and left videos for her daughter for her 12th birthday, her 15th birthday, how to put in a tampon. What happens when you get your period? She had recorded all of it because she didn't. So I, I, I can't imagine this like almost sense of urgency. Oh, to like want to teach your daughter as much as you can. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, it's interesting you mentioned I saw that same Oprah episode <laughs> long, long ago, right? Was a lot, I was and, in like third grade. When that no, I was, I don't, and I, yeah, I was like, I didn't even know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I even knew him, whatever. The point is, <laughs> it's one of those episodes that you never forget. Like, you, especially as a daughter, like I remember watching it and be like, oh my God, like you never forget. So fast forward, I'm going to tell you something like <laughs> when Sato was ill, I was like, could he do something like that? Like I kept thinking of like, what are these time capsule like mm-hmm. moments that he could do? And I came to him and I was like, could you? And I, you know, he looked at me like, are you fucking out of your mind? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, mostly, mostly because he was like, I can't right now. I don't have the bandwidth to try oh. on, to try on my death. Yeah, yeah, or my kid, you know, like yeah, literally no, try it, it on. Like, he goes, I don't. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Heart, no, You're okay, like, but oh, there was oh, one episode of Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> like such a wife I thing to do. I could picture it at time. I'd be like, que cazzo. Que cazzo. No, que cazzo vibe. No, he was, and, and I have to say, I mean, that was one of the charming things about him in which I also sense is like a part of like your, your relationship with Davide is that sense of like, you know, you can be going along and like, we're all like, for me, let me speak personally. I can, I would be going along and be like, oh my God, this is so like full on enthusiasm. Like, 
American, like, yes, let's do this. And he'll be like, what? All <laughs> no. The, I was all the time. Like, no. That sounds <laughs> bananas. That's some, no. And I was like, okay, I got you. Or there are things that he would say where you're like, what? Like, <laughs> he dominates these things all the time. And my mom and I will look at each other like, is he serious? He can't be serious. But he like means, he's like, what do you mean? Like, and I'm like, that doesn't happen here. Like just random stuff that I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, dude. Like I forget that you came here a few years ago. Years ago. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, it's not oh like your grandparents God. came here. Okay. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Like, you yeah, came you here. came here. Yeah. Um, first of all, I will say your mom sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. She just seems like, lady. she just seems like so amazing. It's not, it that. hasn't been easy cohabitating at all until the baby came. And then we, and then I kept saying like, Davide, when the baby comes, you'll understand. Like yeah, the baby comes, yeah, yeah. you'll understand. Yeah. When the baby comes, yeah. you'll understand. And then the baby came and he was like, okay, I get it. And I, was like, <laughs> I told you, <laughs> I told yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. we can go to dinner. Also, yes. you know, she has one grandparent. Yes. And, da- you know, Davide's dad is so, Sicily's far. Far. It's far. It's 24 hours door to door easily from, from me to, from my front door <laughs> to the front door Absolutely. of Sicily of the home that, you know, it, it is 24 to 26 hours, depending on my connections. Whether it's saving more and spending less, getting organized or losing weight, there's a lot of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year. But you know that my top, top, top goal is learning Italian. And I've been doing it with Babbel, the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Not only is learning a new language fun and engaging, it's a nice new hobby. Um, I personally need it because I don't need my husband and daughter ganging up against me. The whole Babbel process is addictingly fun. It's fast and easy. Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons for real-world use, which is obviously incredibly important for anybody, but especially me, because I don't need to use weird formal things that I'm never going to use in real life. I need to know everyday sentences. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over a hundred language experts. Their teaching methods are super cool and they've been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent, which is so cool. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, game videos, stories, and even live classes, which Davide always tells me is the most important thing. You have to practice, practice, practice. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. And right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use code PIA. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com and code PIA, P-I-A. Babbel is language for life. Parallel is the first and only OBGYN-founded women's vitamin brand. They bundle all the daily vitamins a woman needs into one recyclable packet with formulations tailored to wherever you are in your hormone life cycle. I've been taking the Mom Multi since Carmela was born, and it's been a dream. I just take my one packet and I know that I'm getting everything that I need. It's made to support you through the early years of motherhood with added supplements to help manage stress and promote healthy hair, skin, and nails. I love it. You know that I do because I talk about it all the time. 
And they also have a men's multi, which <laughs> it's been impossible to get Davide to take any vitamins. But every night when he eats dinner, I have that little packet next to his plate. He knows it's non-negotiable. What's really exciting is they just launched a woman's multi that all women of reproductive age can take. It's called the Women's Daily Vitamin Trio. Parallel Women's Daily Vitamin Trio was formulated by a team of OBGYNs, nutritionists, endocrinologists, and naturopathic doctors. Each daily packet conveniently bundles three vitamins, a multivitamin, an omega and beauty blend capsule made of biotin, and collagen. One daily packet covers all of your nutritional basis, making it easy to ensure you're not overdosing yourself with too many nutrients. You can subscribe for $38 a month for a 30-day supply, which is a tremendous value considering all the vitamins that you're getting. Parallel is also on a mission to fund women's health. So for every new subscription to the Women's Daily Vitamin Trio, Parallel donates a percentage of sales to support women's health advocacy and research, which is deeply underfunded. Exclusively for life with everything is the best listeners, Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months of Parallel with code BEST15. Head to Parallel.co, that's C-O, if you don't love it, you can cancel at any time. And there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. So my next question, like, you know, clearly for 10 years, you had thought about that moment and then, and then it comes and how, like, how are you getting out of bed in the morning? I mean, I just, I can't. Um, I didn't. I, yeah. I mean, I will be honest. My, my, um, my family moved in. My stepmom yeah. came and yeah. lived with me for almost four months. I want to say, yeah. um, I don't think any of them knew they were going to have to do that, but none of us as a family had been through something quite this epic. And so I think it was really clear that I was not capable of doing, of, of caring for myself and being present fully mm-hmm. for our, for, for my daughter. And so, and I just, I had to, first of all, I was fatigued from a decade of caregiving. I was extremely fatigued. So to come to grief with background of intense fatigue, and then we had all the sort of medical upheaval at the end which was not easy to navigate. And I was, I was confused by what had happened. And I was just like, um, so, you know, I say I, everybody starts at rock bottom and everybody's rock bottom looks a different way. And then it's a sort of climb out and that climb takes years, years, years. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm definitely not here to say as I thought, I thought like, Oh, I was naive enough to think like, Oh, okay. I'll probably be better a year from now. Mm -hmm. Like I remember kind of Mm-mm. It took many years, right? But I didn't know that. I had never lost. I'd lost grandparents, you know. It's too um, young. It's too it's, young. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's There's a whole no, thing to build up. It's like no matter how much faith or like, I'm sure in 10 years of of being with a sick person, there must have been so many beautiful aha moments where you're like, there is a God and God is real and this is magic. And like, I understand, you know, I'm sure you had high moments. And then you have to then again, try to search for those moments, right? Because it just could be, how could God inflict so much pain on someone? 
Well, and the other piece was the one gift that I will say, and I, you know, I, I've talked to people when I give, you know, talks and things I say, you know, if you are with someone who's ill in your life and there's a long-term illness and it's chronic, maybe um, was there was an opportunity to say everything we wanted to say, mm-hmm. to leave nothing unturned, mm-hmm. to greet each day. You ask me how I wake up. I would have my dread and then I would look over, see him and be like, oh my God, I fucking love you. Mm-hmm. And like those two things always sat side by side for me, always. And mm-hmm. so to a large degree, I knew in those conversations, he was very forthcoming and saying to me, and I write about this in the book, that he's like, I want you to have a full life. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of like left me with, a kind of core question or opportunity or like a blessing. Permission. As permission to say, it's okay. Like, you know, and so somewhere, even through the depths of all the grief that was there, you know, that voice, his voice. And in a way I was, and I've talked about this with like, you know, with, with people who are widowed, I say, you know, your relationship doesn't end just because they pass away. Yeah. Like I will always be Sato's wife. Like, Till the end of time. And by the way, I am in, you know, have remarried and I'm still Sato's wife. Yeah. And by the way, those two things are true. <laughs> those two, you know, yeah. they're just true. I'm never gonna not that we didn't get divorced. Yeah. You know, I didn't like push him out of my life. Like he passed mm-hmm. away. And that's mm-hmm. that. And so um, but your my relationship with him has changed. Mm-hmm. And the way we and so when I I learned with in the first year to two years, like, oh, I can call on him. And I use like that mm. in a loose term, but like, I can be in conversation. He was my best friend for half my life. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm going to just suddenly stop talking to him? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Totally. And, and by the way, I don't know that I get answers back, but I can still. I talk to my dad all the time. Yeah. You have a conversation and, it, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like, and then really listen for the openings, listen for them, for any messages that sort of say, okay, maybe I am on the right path. Cause I would be like, send me. Any. And it sounds cliche, any, any, like any sign. And for me, because I also, I'm someone and he knew this about me. I'm very like, I have very vivid dreams. I'd love to talk about my dreams. Like it's a whole thing. Right. So he appeared in my dreams many times. And for me, that was sacred. Mm-hmm. He, that was like him from the other realm mm-hmm. saying, I'm here, I'm here with you. And but wasn't it that. one of your dreams that also kind of like inspired you to write the book? Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. It definitely was. Um, I just, well, so, so two things. One, you asked about how I got through those 10 years. I sort of didn't say that how I got through them was also... I was acting, yes, but at times when I couldn't, I was like, okay, I can't really act. I need to be home caring, but like my creative being, who I Mm -hmm. am, like at the soul level has to do something creative or I will go crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I, a friend of mine, very wise, her name's Julie Ariola. She was like, you need to write. She goes, write this experience out. And so I started taking classes at like UCLA extension and whatnot. Fast forward to me having almost a decade of like journal entries and things. And so I knew that there was gold in all of that, Mm -hmm. even if it was just for me to better understand myself. But then my sister 
who I have not mentioned until now, but she's amazing, who is a novelist and a mm-hmm. screenwriter. She was like, you need to write this. You need to write this book. You need to write the book of your life with Sato and yeah. where you are now. And, you know, my sister's a very forthright, direct, unabashedly bossy <laughs> person. And so, and, and, and I listened. I really listened because she said it from the most loving place. And um, so I started writing the book and it was a dream that I kind of had, but I wasn't right, quite brave enough yet yeah. to like commit to it. But when I did, I was like, okay, here we go. And I had no idea that I was literally like, if five people or 50 people read this book, I will be happy. And I had no idea. Well, you know, you, I'll let you say it. <laughs> now this shit is going to be a television show. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah, everyone like, has read it, but me. And like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what's crazy is like a lot of mother daughters read it together, who yeah. have actually been through what you know you and your mom have been through, what mm-hmm. my daughter and I have been through. But no, when I when I read the book, it got picked. Um, Reese's Book Club, mm-hmm. right? Um, so my book was a Reese's Book Club pick. And that literally changed the trajectory of, of both my life, the story in some ways. I mean, this continuation of the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it's been picked up by Netflix and we filmed it and we're in editing now. And it will be out in the world later this year on Netflix. And so, and so this life that I've had with Sato, this beautiful conversation that I'm will be in with him for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm still in this conversation. And sometimes I look up and I'm in my car and I'm like driving to the lot, you know, like when we were filming, I'm like, Sato, can you like, fucking believe this is happening? <laughs> Ring Concierge is the ultimate luxury jeweler designed for women by women. It's a favorite among celebrities and all your favorite influencers. It's founded by Nicole Wegman in an effort to change the way women and men buy engagement rings in jewelry. I mean, listen, this is like a very male dominated space usually. Right. And, um, like literally down to like, you know, the traditional idea of men buying the ring in this way, you can go online, you can design your own ring and kind of like keep it on hold there until the time is right. And you know that you're going to end up with exactly what you want, which I just think is so magical. It really like redefines the idea of luxury and fine jewelry for a new generation of women. It's pretty incredible. If you're looking to get engaged, their bespoke service is the very definition of the brand, which is obviously the name ring concierge. And, you know, just remember, you don't need to wait for a man to buy jewelry to treat yourself. Best part is you can keep building your collection, whether it's stacking rings, bracelets, or necklaces, you can create your own stack style. You can find ring concierge on Instagram at ring concierge or on their website at ringconcierge.com. That's R-I-N-G-C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E.com. R-I-N-G-C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E.com. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions impossible to cancel. Isn't that crazy? It's so hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. They also ask you sporadically if you 
want your subscriptions negotiated, which happened literally randomly today with my New York Times subscription. And they saved me money. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't personally have to. It's incredible. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. They also help you organize all your bills. I can tag them. I can mark what I want to write off. I mean, it's it's incredible. Matthew B. happens to say, in a matter of seconds, I saved over $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill, and saved $840 a year on car insurance. It's whoever, whoever started this company is a damn genius. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Tribble.com slash Pia. Go right now to Truebill.com slash Pia. It could save you thousands a year. That is Truebill.com slash Pia. We haven't even talked about the food aspect of all this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. When I see your olive even. when I see your olive oh my oil God, post. Olive oil. No, sweetheart. Yes. And we have to break bread together because you know I will be all over that liquid gold. Yes. Like no doubt about it. It's so delicious. <laughs> there's nothing like having a man. I, I there's yeah. Everyone needs to have like a romance with an Italian at some point. It's the one that knows how to cook. I mean, it, it, it's it's there's just nothing like it. it's out of a it's, movie. It's sexy as yeah, it's the most. I remember Davide being like, You love me now, wait till I cook pasta for you. And I was like, Ew, that's so corny. And then he cooked pasta for me. And I was like, I remember calling all my friends and being like, You guys, <laughs> Jess was in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shirts off, music is on. And like, he's dancing, it's the, it's, the food's yeah. good. I'm like, What the fuck is happening? It's so cliche, but it's so good. But it's, it's like, so, oh. it's so, it's, it's so true. And it's like, that was totally my experience. I mean, when Sato, the first time he cooked for me, cause he was pursuing me a lot in Florence and I was like, I don't know. And I was like 20 and date, you know, whatever in a mil- different relationship. Yeah, you're like, there's a million different men here. <laughs> We're all sexy <laughs> all and hot. hot, all hot. I was like, take your, take your, take your time, buddy. Hold on. Hold on. I got to get through a few other ones. First. No, I mean, but nonetheless, no, I, so he was like, he was, he was like, he was laser focused. He was like, you know what? Let me invite you to my restaurant. Oh. And so when he did, and that, and I, you know, I write about that, that opening meal, I was like, holy, mm-hmm. this man is making love to me and I have not touched him. And, I, <laughs> and yet I have been made love to. <laughs> okay, this is new. Okay, how amazing, first of all, random, is like Reese Witherspoon is like a very normal, nice person. Okay. Really, Pia? it deserves to be said in this podcast. No, first of all, let me say I can talk about Reese for so long. In so, and by the way, we've only met twice. <laughs> like, it's not like she's my. We're not yeah, close. In, anyway, yeah. <laughs> and I'm but, like, but my friend Reese but, is so normal. And <laughs> but but she she that genuineness mm-hmm. emanates from her. It emanates from her. But the thing that I love to talk about is the way she is truly transforming women's lives. Mm-hmm as writers and as storytellers, because the stories that, that Hello Sunshine and the company is putting out are so transforming. I literally am someone whose life she changed simply mm-hmm. by saying, I read this book, this feels of value. This feels like something worth, worthy of a large platform, mm-hmm. worthy of a large readership. 
because it speaks to the transformation. It speaks to mother-daughter relationships. It speaks to mother-in-law relationships. It speaks to the idea of, 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 of being on a journey, that a woman's life is this journey that will change and have many different iterations. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, she is just, she's everything that you see. She's incredibly authentic mm-hmm. and she really walks she walks the talk like the, that she is doing with her company and with the book club is elevating women's stories. And I, I feel so blessed and so lucky and so honored that she saw fit <laughs> to say from scratch has a value and let's share it. What was it like casting? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. There's I mean, so many parts. I guess. Like? Okay. Let me just tell you. So I literally, we were in the writer's room, like, you know, taking the book to, to screen and writing all the scripts. I was like, guys, we're looking for a friggin' unicorn. We are looking for like, not just an Italian guy. He's got to be Sicilian. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's got to speak Sicilian. Mm-hmm. He just has to. It's like, you know, and he's got to look good. He's got to have a heart of gold. He can't yeah. be like too macho because mm-hmm. it's not like that's not it. And so I was like, uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. They're like, no, no, no. And so we hired a casting director in Italy, Mm -hmm. Armando. Armando was like, I love the story. I'm going to find you the right person. I was like, okay. Literally, I can't tell you. I must have, I probably saw seven. I don't know. It feels like 700. (laughs) It's so weird too to just be like. Random. It was in a certain point. I was like, I have fatigue. I can't even take this on anymore. So my face. (laughs) So my sister, who's my creative partner Mm -hmm. and is the executive producer and showrunner of the series. What a dream, too, by the way. To work with your sister. Yeah. To have her be side by side to elevate all of this. So she says. So we kind of like. She would watch a batch. I would watch a batch. She would watch a batch. Mm -hmm. I would watch a batch. And then we go like, okay, here you just watch. I I saw twenty. Look at these two. I saw twenty, and so then they came down to this one person, that, <laughs> and she and she saw the tapes first. So she called me and she was like, "Okay, so I'm sending you something." She was like, "When you see, I'm, I need to give you warning because when you see it, you're gonna jump out of your skin." Aww. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Really?" I was like, "She's just blown." Mm-hmm. I was like, "No, it can't be." Sure enough, that tape rolled in, and I was like. Okay. I think I've seen it. I think this is the guy, but the true litmus test for me was, you know, so we haven't talked a lot about my daughter, but I was like, she's known, you know, about the book and she's been like, you know, I, I sort of talked to her early on about the adaptation and I said, Hey, how would you like to be involved in this? So she like named the character that's based on her. And she was like, you know, I want to help pick the person who plays my grandmother, you know? So she sort of, and I said, well, what about the person who, you know, is playing the character based on your dad? She was like, I don't know if I really, and I was like, okay. So one day she was like, let me actually see something. So I was like, okay. She saw this actress take, his name is Eugenio. You're going to hear this name many times when the series comes. Yeah. So anyway, she was like, mommy, it's him. She was like, that's Babo. She was like, that's Babo. It's him. And when she said that, I was like, okay, well, then it's in the cards. Of course, then it became about like, how do we move? We internally, me, my sister, my my daughter knew this person. And then it became about, okay, we have to take it to our other producer. To like take it up the chain to the network, you know, just like, and all along, he, he just, he kept rising above the other guys. And by the way, we saw so many talented people, so <laughs> yeah. many talented people, handsome funny, sexy, all of it. 
But that core something, that intangible, and it's funny because me as an actor, like I've been on the other side. I've been the of person course, auditioning. For, yeah, and so, and, so, and so now I'm like, oh, I see how this works. There is some, <laughs> oh, I get it. I'm on the other side now. There's some intangible thing that happens. Yeah. That you see it and you're like, oh, and it's just it's a work. match. It's just a match. So. And how did you cast yourself? Well, I didn't have to. <laughs> Were you so just like, um... <laughs> so Reese was having dinner with Zoe Saldana. And that's how it happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Because Zoe's married to an Italian. Did you yeah, know I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I follow them on Instagram. I love watching. Yeah. 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 He's got the yeah. long hair, the whole thing. Yeah. The whole, the whole, yeah. Artist, former soccer player, all the stuff, yeah. right? Mar- Marco. And so anyway, the point is she, so Zoe signed on. So Zoe read that she, she's a producing partner with her sisters. How interesting is that? So we had the Saldana sisters, my sister and myself, and we had Hello Sunshine. So this sort of team of women coming together and she and her sisters read the book and they were like, okay, okay, we want to do this. And she has, and she has um, a background childhood story of grief as well. Mm. And so she, she felt like this is something I want to be a part of. And that then like cemented our team and we went forth and pitched it out and, you know, and it's been amazing. When does it come out? We don't have a release date yet. My in, late, all I can say is later 2022, which sounds right. vague, but, but this you know, year. Will, yeah, this year. Isn't yeah. it incredible? I mean, I'm like, go It's incredible. He is incredible. It's so incredible. He's like, I have to say, I, you know, Truly, like, love, love, love pierces through and reaches through. And it is the only, and I think we can all see that now, especially in this crazy COVID time, it's the only sustaining thing. Mm -hmm. It's the thing, it's the thing that holds us and connects us and will carry us through. And that's, that's my takeaway. Like, and I have lived it directly. And then I have lived it again in this reimagining, I mean, a new incarnation of my life. Again, just must be fascinating and heartbreaking. And I lived it with beautiful. And I, mm-hmm, to all the things, all the things. You have to write a book about this experience. I think I might because <laughs> it's so I think I might. it's so meta and incredible yeah. and and everything coming together so perfectly. Yeah, I mean, love is just like a tangible energy. It's undeniable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And you're remarried. I am. I am. <laughs> I am. Yes, I am. And that is its own beautiful, gorgeous, unfolding story. And my daughter, like creating a blended family and yes. like her letting him in. And it's been a whole um, emergence that I really, truly did not see coming. But I'm grateful. Yeah. Because life is so different happy. chapters. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's so possible. Wonderful. And so it is just like a beautiful, happy ending at this point. I mean, I just it. like, <laughs> not that it's even the ending, this is the beginning, but like, yeah. it's just. Well, we'll have to, like, one of the things I would love to, you know, when things calm down and it's all, but it's like, you know, the whole, I really want to bring a whole, like, more of this awareness around Sicilian culture to LA and like food. And you guys are doing that in such a beautiful, beautiful way. And thank you. Your important so company, limited resources. It's like just me and his company work so hard. It's just, yeah. him and there's no fundraising, but I know, so I know, I know because the, the experience, like when you walk into Davide's store, 
everyone is it like hits you. You're like, whoa, yeah. like it's a 500 square foot space and his energy is so special. And so, yep. No, I, I, so by the way, I am happy to be like, <laughs> you know, to sort of, no, because it, because I know, I remember, you know, when Sada was trying to sort of do, get things going, I was like, God, there's something so special here that we could just like, it's like, and you know, it's, it's for me, the bittersweet part is I feel like I'm doing that now yes. in, in his passing, but that he's still with me in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what you, what you guys are doing and the olive oil, it's amazing. I can't, you know, we have to find a way to, to, to break bread together and, and celebrate did, it. And, literally. and we will literally have it. Cause when we met at the, at Reese's pop-up, you know, it was there. And so like having, I was like, Oh, this feels like the oil, the book mm-hmm. here, have your little Sicilian <laughs> experience. People. Yes, Get in there. I know. We got to do something with both because it's yeah. just, uh, it, yeah. it, you are a magical angel. Everybody mm-hmm. said you're so special. Everyone, mm-hmm. you know, all the women involved in, in, in um hello sunshine who put the olive oil they were like you have to meet him like uh, uh, that night after you know anita who yeah. all the project, she was like wait i can't believe you guys didn't spend you guys should i should have arranged for you guys to have dinner afterwards like this and is by the stuff. way when going like i don't know how often and again COVID is like a crazy time but whatever in I'm when the it. days t- i'm so over it when the days <laughs> return when the norm normal quote unquote see normalcy returns and you i don't know if you guys go to we go every summer we're there, like my daughter and I, for the summer. Yeah, we go, we, we yeah, yes. Okay, so, yes. So <laughs> we will be meeting up. Yes. <laughs> because we make the olive been... oil in Partana, so we're on that yeah. side of the island. Too. Yeah, yeah, perfect. We're like all island when we're there. It's so crazy it. how, like, the amount of money, like, we always rent a car and just drive yep. around. And, yes, yep. Yeah, we'll oh do both. We'll gosh. do some here. I love it. Thank you so it. much. This I has been such a pleasure. I've been so hard with ugly crying. <laughs> no, I, by the way, I love an ugly cry. I love an ugly cry. And I love the vulnerability. No, no, I think because not everybody is willing to be vulnerable. And that's yeah. the thing. And like, and I, you know, look, you don't write a memoir. Yeah. <laughs> about your late husband. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And sort of, you know, not and be like, not, I don't need that energy. Thank you. Yeah. But, yeah. And also not be willing to say, like, hey, I'm like, literally I remember when I wrote the book and then I realized like I hit that aha moment like oh this is actually going to be out in the world and people are going to read this then I was like oh I really put my soul out there Mm -hmm. like there's a kind of vulnerability so when people offer that to me I I take it as a privilege okay it's a privilege when people will be vulnerable and their most authentic cool beautiful selves (laughs) with me which you are completely you really bring that out in people too and it was interesting like researching you the last couple days before like I was just like, wow, there's like a light about this woman that is so special. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly it comes through in everything that you do too. So thank is, you. I'm just thank so you. happy for you. Thank you. Thank you, Pia. <laughs> thank you so much. And okay. also you, you need to help me speak Italian. So that's another thing. Let's do that. We can figure that out. <laughs> I get so self-conscious of that. I'm like, oh. Well, no. have a great weekend. And thank you, you so much same. for taking thank the you time so much to talk to me. It's a pleasure. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.